You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Now, from the cheap seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. Welcome to the cheap seats, everybody. Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols running the show today. And we're joined in studio by Jeff Towson, owner and proprietor of The Smoking Barrel, one of my favorite hangouts. What's up, Jeff? Hey, Chris. Good to be here. All right, man. We uh, we brought you in to be our um, our Pittsburgh Steelers expert. I like I you a lot less because of that new title, frankly. And I'm going to allow you to say Steelers on the air, but when you do, you have to imagine it spelled S T E A L E R S. That'll make me feel better about it. Is that fair? We got a deal. That's fair. I just I just try to envision that. Trophy case of six. They're just oh, here. We go. They're just stealing six, the seven. hearts of NFL fans everywhere. <laughs> Dude, I I can't. I, Brandon, what team do you hate the most in the world? In any sport, it's an easy one. The Patriots. No, it's not, dude. You hate Duke much more than you hate. Oh, the I thought we were talking about pro no, sports. Yeah, I hate Duke with a passion. Okay, you might. And most Duke fans too. I know you pretty well. You might hate Duke as much as I hate the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hmm. I I play vi- – there have been sports video games I've played in my life that I have lost all interest in, but I continue to play them with the Bengals just so I can continue to beat the Steelers. And that's the one team, the one game during the season on Madden where I'm like, let me see if I can score 100 tonight. It just cracks me up because – Duke students can solve any formula equation on earth but can't but they can't cross the street by themselves and they're going to get up there in the stands act like they know basketball come on give me a break but I'm going to I'm going to say sort of I'm going to pull a Jordan and paraphrase him Duke students or Duke alums listen to the radio too so be careful man I was just kidding y'all <laughs> 
Trent, who, what team in the world do you hate the most? <sighs> Probably the Chicago Cubs. Really? Yeah. Dude, that's like America's sweethearts. I know. I lived uh, 15 years in Illinois, and it's just being in that environment, being a Mets fan, I hate him the most. Wow. So you lived in, in Illinois. What's the difference between White Sox fans and Cubs fans? White Sox fans never talk. You would never know until they won that World Series against the Astros. Um, yeah. They were very quiet. They didn't represent. Cubs fans are obnoxious, uh, arrogant, naive. They are. They just. They have no idea what's going on. But now they have a World Series, so I can't even. I can't even knock them because normally at you know opening day I would say, hey, it's opening day of baseball. That means the Cubs are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. <laughs> I like that. But now I can't say nothing because they're very cocky, and I get all sorts of horrible pictures sent to me. And uh, it is what it is. You know, Cubs. The Cubs fans in my life were tolerable because they had that little bit of reason to pity them because they are an obnoxious fan base. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Dave Shabazz. However, they went from being the lovable losers to the most awful front runners mm. ever. Yeah. And the fact that that team came crashing down as it underperformed up to this point this season kind of makes me feel a It's been bad. awesome, man. I always said, I tell all my Cubs fans, I'm like, it's a shame nobody on this planet will be alive the next time the Cubs win the World <laughs> Series. In Jeff, who's your least years. favorite team in any sport? I would say probably the Patriots. Mm -hmm. Much like, only for the simple fact that they own my Steelers. I have to admit it. Hmm. They own them. I wouldn't have thought it was the Patriots. I thought you would have pulled out a Cleveland Browns or a Ravens because that seems to be. How the, could you hate the Browns? Yeah, I feel That's sorry for them. It's like two wins automatically. It That's used to be the Oakland about. Raiders, but now since Al Davis died, I you know fantasy purposes, I kind of like them. David Carr and all that. All Being right, a Bronco fan, it. that's sacrilegious. All right, so the MLB base or MLB All Star Game is coming up. And and I want to talk about baseball here in a little bit, but I want to I want to try this little exercise. So, Jeff and Brandon, you guys can team up for this. You guys would consider yourselves to be <laughs> sports fans, but not necessarily baseball fans. Is that fair? I think that would be accurate. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna gauge your level of of knowledge real quick. I'm going to quiz you on the NL reserves for this year's All-Star Game, and I want you to tell me the team that each player plays for. We're going to do this really quick. Yadier Molina. Cardinals. Oh, there's one. Paul Goldschmidt. Steelers. <laughs> uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. Joey Votto. Oh, my God. I don't know. I know the name. Dude, we got to shut the show down. Cincinnati Reds. DJ LeMayhew. Rockies, Colorado oh, Rockies. Yeah, Rockies. Josh Harrison. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Good job, <laughs> Professor Trent. Josh Harrison, who's a Cincinnati kid playing for Pittsburgh. So basically it's fair to say you guys don't have any idea the all-star team and who's playing. Or the reserves or, or anything any else. of that. Okay. Just hit ball far. <laughs> <laughs> Trent. We're gonna give you a we're gonna give you a bite at the apple. We're gonna do the AL reserves with you really quickly. All right, Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez is a New York Yankee. Yonder Alonso. 
Alonzo is ooh American. He's been all over the place, right? Oh no, Oakland A's. I was going to say San Diego. Starling Castro. Castro is a former Cub, and now he's a Yankee. Showing off. You Mm -hmm. see that, guys? He's flexing. Justin Jonathan Shoop. Shoop. Yep. Is a uh, where is he now? Who you know what? I'm I'm not sure. Oh, Tampa Bay. No, he's an Oriole. Oh, Robinson Cano. Cano is a Mariner. Miguel Sano. Sano is a young prospect for Minnesota Twins. Mike Mustakis. Mustakis is on the Kansas City Royals. Francisco Lindor. Lindor is a great shortstop for the Indians. Abisail Garcia. Uh, Garcia, I'm not sure either. Oh, man. You're killing me here. You're wrecking my, my point. You were supposed to get all of these. Michael Brantley. Brantley's on the Indians. Justin Upton. Upton is now a in the American League. I'm not sure oh, either. Oh, true. <laughs> okay, the problem is I play fantasy baseball, so oh. that's how I know all these guys, but some of them I don't pay attention to. All right. So he to go back, Garcia was is a Chicago White Sox. Justin Upton plays for the Tigers now. Oh, man. And the last was Nelson Cruz, who's a Mariner. But you obviously did better than these Yahoos did. Yeah. And my question is, Let's start with the All-Star game. Do you care? No, not this year. Jeff? I don't care. Brandon? Nah. <laughs> Just real quick, this guy who's in the homeroom derby. Which one? The, the guy who won it last year. It's in his hometown now? Gian- Giancarlo Stanton. Stanton. Yes. If you win it the previous year, does the game automatically go to your hometown? No, but it'd be cool if it did. Wouldn't that be cool? It, it would be cool, um, I suppose. Doesn't it still determine the home team for? No, they changed that this year. Thank God. This year they're playing for cash. Oh, mm. it's so, more appropriate. Yeah, cheddar. I think. Yeah, I think there's there's a cash. I don't know because they're not making enough money. Yeah, I know, right? Speaking of money, what? James Harden, four years, $228 million he, he signed the extension for this weekend. Is there anybody in any realm of sports that's worth $228 million? Especially not him. I mean, maybe for his Houdini act? My, that's my question. How do you go from, I just didn't show up for the playoffs, to I'm going to sign the most lucrative deal in league history? How's that work? Ah, man, I can't explain that. I don't either. What, I'd rather they're talking about baseball than that cat. <laughs> his like Euro step and his disappearing act. Let's talk about more baseball. Well, here's the thing with baseball is the the ratings are on a dramatic decline. And baseball, when when we were coming up, um, most of us would say baseball was king. The NFL was sort of on the rise, but it was MLB and and the NFL. Well, the NFL is in a completely different stratosphere now, and baseball. You know, they're, they're games on cable that play to nobody. What's the difference now between then, Trent? I think a lot of it has to do with the attention span. I think the game is a little bit uh, slower than what the youth of America and even the people in their 20s and getting into their 30s like. It's not as flashy. It's not as as big time. They really don't have the face of baseball that anybody really cares about. Some of the old timers that, you know, know everything about it. 
they're just not there anymore. So you say baseball's slower, but has football or basketball gotten faster? I mean, Golden State Warriors, do they play with any more flash or pace than the Denver Nuggets did it's just, it's yes. 30 years ago? I yes. think it's more exciting. It's definitely more impact. Your normal fan can appreciate what's going on on the field, in the screen, you know, on the screen. Dunks are exciting. Tackles are exciting. Catches are exciting. Then, you know, you have one guy swinging a bat who they mostly strike out. It's yeah, but it's all about marketing. What I mean, NFL, you could put together a heck of a commercial. NBA, you put together a heck of a commercial. What are you going to put together for baseball? Bryce Harper in a hotel room with footy pajamas. <laughs> I mean, that's the the one that's running on. I don't even know what the stupid thing's for. Well, think about Cracker Jacks. What? What's? When's the last time you saw a kid walking around with Cracker Jacks? Better stuff has come out. So he needs to update the song. I can dig that, man. I can get down with that. So football's more of the Sour Patch. Yes. Sour Patch. I was thinking more Garbage Pail Kids. Nah, man. That's played out too, isn't it? Nah, man. I'm talking like Twizzlers. NFL's like Twizzlers. What's a good candy bar? Baby Nobody walking around with Cracker Jacks. Get out of here. I like Buy that. me some peanuts and follow me on Instagram. I didn't know you'd write lyrics. Come back. I, you can't sing. I yeah, that's, that's not allowed. <laughs> My thing with baseball is I think that baseball is a a victim of technology. There's so much information out there, and there's so much much content that people like me have access to. I'm a Cincinnati Reds nut. And there's not too many days go by I don't go seek out different pieces of information about what's going on with the Reds. And not just the big ball club. I'm looking at what they're doing, you know, internationally. I'm looking at what's going on down at every level of the minor leagues. And most of the folks that I know that are hardcore baseball fans are like that. But they're like that about their team. So then you take that and you look at the MLB network or you look at FS1 or ESPN and these national talking heads, the expertise, it's not there. You know, my friend Kevin, Kevin Fushi is, is a huge Atlanta Braves fan. I'm sure that he could, like I, like I can, say those guys don't have anything to teach me. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission 
helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back. I'm Krista Lambert here in the Cheap Seats. Me and Brandon, Professor Trent, and mm-hmm. Jeff Towson here hanging out. If you've missed any of the show or you want to check anything out as we move forward, go to SoundCloud from the Cheap Seats, and you can pull up our archive. Everything we've ever done in our entire lives is up there for you. You can find us at Cheap Seat Radio on Twitter or on Facebook. And if you've got feedback about the show, hit us at cheapseatradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're talking about baseball this morning uh, because Brandon begged and uh, said he was going to quit if we didn't talk about more baseball. I mean it, too. And the conversations come around, and, and what I was saying before the break, before that, before we, we, that was abrupt, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> what I was getting to is that me as a, a Reds fan, there is not a national talking head who can tell me anything about the Cincinnati Reds. There may be a beat writer or two that knows more about Reds minor league baseball than I do, but there's it's only a handful. So when you take that type of, of loyal following for each of the 30 major league teams, really when you when it comes to national broadcast, they don't have anything for us. And I don't know what the solution is because I don't know that the you know the networks can go and is it conceivable to put together you know real in depth analysis and regionalize it like that? Is the I don't know how to do I don't know how to do it. Well, I think that it, it's impossible, and ESPN has showed us that they won't do that because no, they, they just got they washed their hands. They, they washed their hands of it completely and are like, we're just not going to do baseball programming. There's too much, but and there's too much competition out there and too many people. They can't have enough people on staff that can be that insider, you know, for baseball or any other sport. They just fired them all. Well, they that's true. And then the MLB network is just bad. Yeah. It's awful. And, you know, I go back to when I was a kid. I watched the Reds as often as they were on television. When I lived in Ohio, and that wasn't often. You know, you might get to see 30, 35 games a year. The rest of the time, it was on radio. But you know what I could count on is on Saturday morning, this weekend baseball would be in, and it would run for half an hour, and I could keep up with every player, every team that was doing anything with meaning mm-hmm. across all of Major League Baseball. And even if I hadn't seen, you know, Robin Yount or whomever, I could keep up with them because I knew where to go on the dial, when to tune in, and I watched it religiously. And what's lost with all of the access to television and technology we have now is nobody knows where the one-stop shopping is. You know, I don't even know, does ESPN have a regular featured baseball game that they run weekly? Yeah, they have like three. At the, when it's three, it's not a feature anymore. Yeah, no, they don't. I mean, because it's Monday night baseball, Wednesday night, and Sunday night. I mean, do they do Monday night baseball? I think so. I don't. Did you I, know that? I'm going to have to test your Reds knowledge, Go ahead. sports knowledge. All right. Where are the Reds in the NL Central standings? 
<laughs> Brandon. <laughs> They're vying for a good draft position so far. <laughs> that, that's that's what's going on. Correct. There we go. Good job. Dude, we're in All the right. middle of a rebuild. And I thought you were going to ask me a legit question. That is a legit that's question. Not. That's factually correct. All right. Good job, Chris. Are we still are we still a game or two ahead of Pittsburgh? Nah, you're dead last. I was dead last. You know I'm a Pirates so. fan too. Are you? I didn't know. Oh, Penguins, Pirates, Steelers. So basically, just I keep it simple. In, it, well, cool. It's all black and gold, baby, in all Pittsburgh. Right. How about uh, how about Pitt University? Not so much. Not so much. Penn State? Uh, Dan, Dan Marino beat up on my Tar Heels back in 1975. All right, so you, you consider yourself a UNC fan. <clears throat> yeah, I grew up. Uh, my dad took me to UNC games when we moved here, and All right. just stuck to them. I got you, man. I got you. I still uh, – I'm going to try to reconcile that whole Steeler fandom thing you've got going on. But at well, least well, you're – I can a, tell you how I, I, will, I will tell you this, though. I, I, I give you credit because at least you you say, why well, I'm a Pittsburgh fan, Penguins. And I'll tell you why I became a Steeler fan. I was living in California at the time, and my dad was watching a football game. I think it was San Francisco was playing the Steelers. And I was five years old, and I thought they had really cool uniforms. <laughs> That's how it works. I jumped on the bandwagon, and I'm still on it. All right. So it wasn't a genetic thing? No. Okay. Hmm. So have you ever been to Heinz Field? I've not been to Heinz. I had been to Three Rivers. Really? Okay. Well, that's cool. That's cooler than going to Heinz. I traveled to Lambeau three years ago and saw them play the Packers. Oh, wow. Nice. Good trip. Good trip. I have no idea what we're talking about at this point. We're (laughs) talking about baseball. Baseball. We're talking about baseball with the whole regional thing. Now, the – the sport that I would closest uh, – what I, what I was getting at, Major League Baseball has become very regionalized. Mm-hmm. And the sport that it reminds me the most of is college basketball. Brandon Atkins, you're a UNC guy through and through. Yes, sir. And you can talk in terms of you know who UNC is chasing out on the recru- recruiting trail. There's not much that happens with that program that you're not keeping up with. Yeah, most times. How often do you tune in to a college basketball game that does not involve the University of North Carolina? Not very often. I mean, I just I like to keep up with it, and I will watch a good marquee matchup. That's kind of what. But I mean, there's so many games during the course of a regular season, and you would just not be able to get anything else done. I will go so far to say, to your point, there's only when I've traveled for work in the past. There's very few areas like this area where college basketball is king i would say maybe that kansas missouri area is pretty close kentucky indiana indiana that's about it i remember going to kansas and they had k-state kansas and missouri all on the tv on every single tv in the bar and they wouldn't let us have one tv that's what kind of fans they are yeah i know that every you know as you move through the country, each community likes to think that its fandom is sort of on a whole different level. And I will say that having moved here into the Raleigh, the greater Raleigh area, um, you know, with Duke and UNC and NC State all right here within spitting distance, it is interesting to see the mix and, and mesh of fans and how everything's sort of, you know, broken in between those three schools. And the fans follow it religiously. That's different than what I've seen in other places. Um, Lexington, Kentucky is fever pitch 
for six months a year as it applies to basketball. Sure. But it's a completely different animal because there's nothing else. You are a Kentucky fan or you're very, very quiet about who you support. Louisville has great parties, I hear. Louisville's great. No, no, no. Well, that's, <laughs> Only yeah, if you're getting recruited. You go. You no, Louisville, the Louisville-Kentucky rivalry is huge. But you don't see Louisville fans in the Lexington area. And Lexington's a metropolitan area. I mean, it's right. big. But you won't see Louisville red flying very far and in Lexington. I mean, it's all blue. They paint the town blue. Well, it's kind of cl- – it's not exactly the same thing, but you're talking about in baseball how you're a fan of a team. So you have these, these silos yes. all over the country that you may know everything about the Reds, Jeff knows everything about the Pirates, but you don't know a whole lot across the league. Is that kind of what you're saying there? It is. And I would tell you that because of the intricacies and the nuances and the just the depth of knowledge required, I, I could not possibly follow a second team as closely as I do the Reds. I mean, there, when you're talking about all the different levels of the minor league, trying to keep up with all the international signings, what's going on with the draftees, and then not to mention actually watching the ball games, there aren't too many fans who could have that sort of exhaustive knowledge about multiple ball clubs. It's just there's so much. So maybe that's part of the difference because I'd be interested to have the same type of knowledge about the Reds as I do with the Mets but I keep there just isn't enough time to do all the research and it's fluid because it changes day to day, week to week, month to month. So it has to be an ongoing process. You know, what the Reds list of top twenty-five prospects looks like today has nothing to do with what it looked like six months ago. And if you're not con- constantly following it, you're just not going to get that kind of update. So but don't you find I mean I found that I lived in Chicago and I hated the Cubs so much that I ended up looking back going, "Oh my god, I know more about the Cubs than I do about the Mets just so I had the knowledge <laughs> to rip on the Cubs fans." I mean, don't you think that you know a ton about Duke too, don't oh, you? Yeah. To rip on them, to to have that knowledge about it. Well, there's one thing to to know the team's history. But to know what's currently going on with the franchise, you know, at Double A, you know, who's pitching for for Pensacola today in the Red System? Yeah. Those type. That's what I'm getting at. And there are guys out there that can do that and and do that. And I think as information becomes more readily accessible, they just keep hoarding it. And they've got team dedicated podcasts by guys that follow the minor league teams and so on and so forth. But the 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 national media conglomerates haven't figured it out yet. You know, if you look at it and you want to watch the Mets play every day, mm-hmm. you have to buy the MLB package and pay for every baseball game. I have paid for the extra innings package on DirecTV for probably 10 years. I have never, ever ever, ever, ever watched an entire game that did not have the Reds in it in the regular season. Wow. In all that time. See, and I'm different. I pay for, this is probably the fifth year I'll pay for the hockey package. And if hockey's on and nobody else around, I'm watching every game. Well, fair enough. Except, and, I mean, just because I watch all the Blackhawks games, I'll just, I enjoy watching all the other hockey games. But baseball. Baseball, no, I probably wouldn't. I would only watch the Mets. Well, there well, you go. I mean, to your point about hockey, I got season tickets for the Hurricanes next year but you said earlier 
what team did you have growing up? You're right. It's not, I don't have a team in our backyard, baseball team, where I can go drive an hour, hour and a half. And that's probably the part of the problem here. All right, we'll keep it going on the other side of the break. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkins. You might not love your seats, but you'll love the show. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Kiramutu. Todos. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Now, from the Cheap Seats with Chris Lambert and Brandon Atkins. All right, welcome back to the show. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats on WBCC 90.5 in Sanford, North Carolina. Or you may be listening to us on the WBLZ Sports Network. Or you could be listening to us on the Buffalo Sports Network. That's BSN 716. If you're listening to us on terrestrial radio and you want to hear the show 
someplace else, head over to SoundCloud. You can get us at From the Cheap Seats. There's some cool stuff, including last week's show where we had Jones Angel in for the first hour. And my wife asked me when she listened to the show, she said at some points during that show, I think I actually heard Brandon gasp. And I'm sure that that happened because you were kind of starstruck. I'm not going to lie. That's, exactly. that's kind of how it happened, man. That's kind of how it happened. But we appreciate Jones Angel coming by. If you haven't heard the show, again, head over to SoundCloud. It's out there. Jones is great. Cool. Jones is cool. Yep. Cool. Um, I hope that you know you didn't run him off and that he'll never come back again. No, I, I think last time he was in, he was talking about doing a golf date. We just didn't – it didn't come together. Yeah, so we were – We're best – we're tight like that now. You good? Yeah. All right. Well, Cool. Trent, we're going to put a bow on some baseball, man. The Home Run Derby's coming up, and we talked about the whole regionalization of baseball. And, you know, my wife is a is a perfect example when it comes to baseball, and, and we were talking about that game not being as compelling and exciting as, as the other sports that are out there. My wife's not a huge sports fan. She is willing to suffer through the NBA. She's willing to suffer through my college basketball addiction. She deals with the NFL, if baseball goes on to the TV and she's home, she cuts her eyes at me. Like, are you for real, dude? That's what I'd do. Well, if we lived together, <laughs> it'd be a whole different thing. My so. eyes would constantly be cut at you. <laughs> just like this. So Y'all you'd be the girl it. in our relationship, you'd just cut your eyes at me all the time? Oh, so Nedge is a girl now, huh? She's she just well, a little girl? You gonna oh, put that go, on wax, uh, Brandon? Go make me a sandwich. <laughs> no, the the thing about baseball, I think it's a fair assessment because you know before we got married, sports was not a thing in her life, and and that was one that was one of the things that changed. But even today, if I go to baseball, or she'll tell me something, you know, if she's been watching some, you know, some I don't know housewives. Of Atlanta nonsense or whatever, because she's a fan of bad TV. Well, see now Jeff Towson's cutting his eyes at you because you're still talking baseball. <laughs> but uh, here's my point though: is that you got I'm, what I'm telling you is that you guys are right. You said baseball's boring, and I can tell you that you know from her perspective, sports was not a thing. I brought sports to the table. She knew that about me, and she's done her best. But most baseball, frankly, I watch on DVR. After midnight, after she's asleep, it's my guilty pleasure. And I go through. And it works for me, and I hate to say this because I am a baseball fan, but it gives me the ability to fast forward. <laughs> and I can watch a baseball game in, you know, 45 minutes. So it, it, it works out okay. But baseball is it it's not riveting. So I guess I get what you're saying. But my thing when we're talking about baseball is in part of the regionalization is that baseball has become a suburban sport and you're cutting out a lot of the country with the way the sort of pathway to the major leagues has become. Now, it's become an international sport. So you're seeing more and more players from Latin America, South America get into the major leagues. But our homegrown talent is almost very cookie cutter. You're talking about suburban kids that have played travel baseball from the time they were seven or eight years old. And baseball saw this coming. They knew that this was an issue and they failed to address it. Um, and they just haven't been able to attract young kids from huge segments of our society into the game. 
And I think when you're talking about, you know, especially African American players, Trent, how many how many African American major league players are there at this point? I believe there's sixty, 60 in the major leagues. In all of major leagues. Yep. And you talk you're talking about almost seven hundred players in the major leagues, if my math is correct. That seems about right. That's ridiculous. And you look at all of the other professional sports in America. And the numbers just don't sync up. And you look at Hunter Green, who was taken with the second pick overall by the Cincinnati Reds out of out of a high school. I think Major League Baseball has all collectively crossed their fingers and hopes that this young man becomes a superstar. Because when you look at, at the demographics in, in Major League Baseball, they're missing their mark. Mm-hmm. So what can baseball is there is there a way to fix any of this? I think they <laughs> Sure. I take sure. your silence as no. Crickets. Yeah, I mean uh, it's it's going to be a hard thing. I mean, I know somebody that like you said his kid's been playing forever and it's 50 weeks out of the year down in Texas that they don't they had two weekends off a year and it's a big commitment and I don't know if everywhere people have that time to devote it for nothing. I mean, what's what's going to happen? You know, you you look at the cost of the travel, you look at the cost of equipment, you look at all the rest of that, whereas with basketball... You can just walk outside, grab a ball. Boom. Drain it from three. There you go. And then you don't have to... You really practice all the time for free. Other than you throw the ball to yourself, hit it out into the woods and have to stop and go walk out there and pick it up. I mean, basketball is something you can play by yourself. It's cheap. It's, you know, very convenient. You can call up – shoot, you could call up six players, play 3v3, 2v2. It's you could walk into a gym and join a game and practice. Yeah. And look at – when you are hitting – when you're at a 30% success rate, you're an all-star yeah. in most cases. It's a hard sport. Profound. Yeah, very good. Profound. Yeah, that's 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 as good as it's gotten in the last like, ten minutes. I think. Thank, thank God, Jeff's here. Jeff saved the show. He might have to move into your seat, man. Are you okay with that? <laughs> He's not going to talk any more baseball than I am. Oh, well, well, then we'll keep him over there on that side of the table. All right, we haven't talked about the NFL in forever, and yeah. I think when this show came together. Um, six months ago, I think we thought we're going to be talking football all the time. And the NBA has come to dominate it. Every once in a while, you have to indulge me into my baseball and, and I have to get my fix. But the NFL's coming. And what I want to talk to you guys about is, is players that are off the radar right now that you expect to have an impact as the season comes around, whether it's rookies or guys that are kind of, you know, due for a breakout year. What guys are out there that are going to change the landscape in the NFL? Do you want me to go ahead and break the ice? Break the ice, brother. We're up, we're on in Buffalo now. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Let me tell you a name you all need to be watching for. Zay Jones out of East Carolina, wide receiver. Number one, he's going to fill in Robert Woods' spot. So he left. He's going to be opposite Sammy Watkins. It's a good move, Buffalo fans, because the one thing you need to know about East Carolina – those fans tune in for their guys. They have an immense sense of pride. They're graduates. They're, you know, um, 
they're you know they're athletes in every sport, whether it be basketball or football. But this guy, they're projecting him to do something like 700 yards or five touchdowns. That's actually good for a rookie year. I can see him doing a little bit more, and you gained a ton of viewership on the eastern part of North Carolina and up into Virginia. So do they have TVs out there. Oh Lord, have mercy. <laughs> Do you know, that's the one thing that you just did what all East Carolina fans hate. Like, (laughs) what you just did is you tried to make them, like, the little stepchild of the state. And see, you were talking about me hating on Duke fans. You just killed your—our show's dead. No, I I have to say this, and I want to get this in quickly before they can get to tune the show out. If I was going to school in the state of North Carolina, if I was coming out of high school— and I had my pick of the schools to go to, ECU would be my school because who wouldn't want to be a pirate for life? But listen, I mean, I'm a Tar Heel. What's a Tar Heel, dude? Uh, blue, you know, the Blue Devils, Wolfpack. No, dude, I'm going to be a pirate. Arg. I think that ECU fans, they may not have TVs because they come out they do. to the sports bars to watch more than anybody else. Maybe it's just because... A Buffalo Wild Wings has that game on TV, and they don't have that on their cable or direct TV, but they represent. So ECU they're a fun crowd. somebody out oh, there. Oh, yeah, right. they're big time. You, can you attest to that? Yeah, I can attest to that, and, I, and specifically to this area. You know, half the people that went to school out of, in my graduating class, it seemed, went to ECU, and every single one of them are died true and true. Well, here's the, the, here's the thing that, that gets me about ECU is that ECU alums don't seem to hate the other Carolina schools like the other ones do. No, I'm, I'm telling you. The Pirates hate, they hate the UNC. Tar Heels. They right. hate the Tar Heels. All right, I think get, they won't get, play them enough. The Look, education continues. No, listen, a lot of – and it, there's facts behind this. Carolina blocked them from joining the ACC. I mean, it, it's As well factual. they should. There's no, there, there's no benefit to – UNC having to travel and play ECU in all those sports. ECU has everything to gain. Same thing in the Big Ten. You know, there's been rumblings for years that that Cincinnati would join the Big Ten. Ohio State will never let that happen. Yeah, go go with a Carolina degree into the hiring manager who's an East Carolina guy. See how long that lasts. Really? Yeah, I've been there. Wow. Doesn't work out very well. They hate us. See, okay, on, on football breakouts, when you said uh, we're on in Buffalo, I was worried you were going to steal the guy that I'm looking at. Oh, and no, who's no. that? And that was the uh, the 19th pick overall in 2016, Shaq Lawson. Shaq Lawson. So he was in a 3-4, and he was honest with everybody. said, listen, I struggled. I just didn't get it. He is now going back into the system he likes, a 4-3. Uh, he was hampered all year by a shoulder injury. And he's lining up against that proven commodity, Jerry Hughes. So I think Lawson is a guy. Those two defensive ends there with the Bills are going to become those household names. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's that's deep. And it's, you know, not an impact position normally when you think about it. You know, we're always talking about the guys that put up the offensive numbers. But Chase and Brady and, you know, Tannenhill and all those guys, they've got two cornerstones right there with the Bills going into a 4-3 that Shaq Lawson well watch, funny that you say him. it's funny that you closed with dropping Tannehill's name I get Ryan Tannehill to me is a guy that may be ready to break out and move into that upper echelon of quarterbacks in the NFL mm-hmm. they've surrounded him with weapons now 
Uh, Miami, you know, the coaching situation seems to be a little more stable now. So it'll be interesting to see what they can do. Jeff, what you got? I think I'm going to go with a division rival of my Steelers and Joe Mixon. Oh, ooh. wow. Look ooh. out now. Con- controversial pick. Had some behavioral issues. Had the incident that was well documented with, uh, I think, an ex-girlfriend or something. But since then, he's been well-behaved. And outside of that... Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back to the Cheap Seats, everybody. This is Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols, and we're joined today by Jeff Towson, who seems to have taken over the show. He's the only one with good content today, I think. But uh, no, for the break, we were talking about NFL in players set to break out this year, and he being the Steeler fan that he is, kind of turned everything on its ear and said, Joe Mixon, um, I'll, do you, I'll do you the same thing. The first guy on my list when I look at folks that may break out this year, I'm looking at Pittsburgh at Bud Dupree. The Steelers last year, James Harrison at 74 years old led the team in sacks. Five sacks. Five for a team that predicates its whole defense on edge pressure coming from those outside linebackers. Harrison, you know, is old as Methuselah. They took Bud Dupree to be that next great outside pass-rushing linebacker there in Pittsburgh. He came, had a nice year as a rookie, and then last year just couldn't get off the schneid. Had a, a three-and-a-half sacks, I think, but was nursing a groin injury, which is the worst of all the injuries for men. Nursing a groin injury all year and really just couldn't get things going. Back, healthy. I would look to Bud Dupree to put up a dozen sacks this year. And I think that's an excellent pick because if you look at his season last year, he started off very slow. Most of his production, his sacks, tackles, tackles for loss, etc., all came in the second half of the season. So I think he picked up and he's learning the game. Well, I'm glad you concur, sir. Trent, 
I see you with many, many notes written down over there. What else you got? Well, my number one guy that I thought is going to be a superstar that people are going to be jumping on the waiver wire early to get in fantasy, the team that I think may go to the NFC Championship this year because they're loaded is the New York Giants. And with the addition of Marshall and having Odell Beckham, uh, Evan Ingram, 6'3", 234 pounds with 4.42 speed. They're tight end with Eli loving to dump it off big time. He's going to be – I bet you he'll be a top five tight end by the now, end Now, Evan year. Ingram out of uh, Ole Miss. Yep. The question I have about Ingram, and you know I, I have a daughter that's a, an Ole Miss alum, so I have a sweet spot for me there. The question about Ingram is whether Ingram is going to be able to be effective in the in the pass or in the uh, run game yeah. as a blocker. If he's got the footwork and the technique and is a willing blocker, Ingram can do some things in the seam. And you said you take Odell Beckham, assuming that his contract situation's stable and that he's happy and all the rest of that stuff. Um, you've got Ingram over there now. Brandon Marshall in the mix. I like what they've got going on, and Evan Ingram could be a sneaky, sneaky guy. O.J. Howard got all the press coming out of college as the number one tight end, you know, on the board. Evan Ingram, don't sleep on him because mm-hmm. he's more athletic than O.J. Howard. That's the bottom line. So O.J. Howard is in a nice situation down there in Tampa, but I'll take Evan Ingram's situation over O.J. Howard's. Yeah. Any other thoughts? No, I mean, I'll, I think if you ask Jameis Winston who he'd rather have, he'd pick O.J. Howard. Winston, that was going to be mine. So let's just jump oh, right. OJ Howard. OJ Howard. Oh, well, yeah. my my fault. I guess no, we ought to have a production meeting or something. Maybe, maybe. No, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, my point is that is he going to light it up in terms of touchdowns, yards? Probably not. His first year, but OJ Howard is a downfield blocker. He's going to provide time for Jameis Winston, whoever ends up emerging as the. Uh, you know, the, I guess the running running back, because I think the muscle hamster, he, I think he's suspended for three games. I, you're first not allowed to call him that. You know that, right? He doesn't like that. And that dude, uh, you're a tough guy. You yeah. are the Norse god, ever, after all. That dude will come in here and put it on you, so be careful what you he, call him. He does have guns. Yeah, he Sorry, hamsters. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at O.J. Howard to give Winston the same the time that he needs – and he's going to be able to block downfield for whoever ends up emerging out of this backfield. Pretty sure it's not going to be Charles Sims. Um, I think it's Muscle Hamster's job to win. See, there <laughs> you go again. As long as he wants it. So that and that well, would be mine. Martin was the guy. So Doug Martin is the guy, except not for the first three games of yeah. 2017 season. Gotcha. All right, my second pick. Since we're you know talking about throwing the football, and you know I got it shamelessly talk about the Bengals. This is a guy that most casual football fans don't know. His name's Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd was the Bengals' second-round pick last year and really, by the end of the season, had become the number two receiver in the Bengals' offense. Um, A.J. Green was dealing with some injury issues and all the rest of that. That offense with Andy Dalton, even with his limitations, is a pass-first offense. And I agree with Jeff. Jeff talking about Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon, if he plays at a high level and can be a three-down back, Cincinnati gets into the conversation as AFC contenders. However, what I know is that on offense, 
The Bengals added John Ross as the guy, this burner that can take the lid off a of defense. They will not feature John Ross in that offense. That is not how Marvin Lewis operates. A.J. Green obviously is the number one receiver in that offense. Number two is probably Tyler Eifert. I look for Tyler Boyd to be the two A or the number two receiver. Last year came on with 54 catches and 603 yards, which is probably more production than most people anticipated. Um, he's not a burner. He does. He is shifty and he's quick. He's got good hands. He's got good instincts. He's a willing blocker. He will be on the field for the majority of the snaps in that offense. And just because of the coverage that A.J. Green commands, Tyler Board's going to be able to find himself open spaces against zone defense in particular. So Tyler Boyd's a guy um, I would expect him to put up <clears throat> close to 1,000 yards, frankly. Tyler Eifert hadn't shown that he can stay healthy, so there's going to be footballs for him. Um, I really think with what John Ross brings to that offense coming out of Washington with that 4-2 speed, that that makes those safeties back up a little bit more and creates a little bit more room underneath for Tyler Boyd. Nice. I like it. <clears throat> Okay, uh, number two. This is more of a uh, bounce back player. All right, uh, Martavis Bryant, big, fast playmaker, knows the offense. Ben Roethlisberger is obviously a proven high elite level quarterback, and I think he's going to have a big year. Wow, I like it. I'm shocked that you brought a Steeler to the table. <laughs> <laughs> just, just don't let Roethlisberger take him to the bathroom. He'll be just fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's the question I think I have with Martavis Bryant. There's been some maturity issues, mm -hmm. and you know, there's no doubt about the skill set that he has. And as much as I hate to sort of heap praise, the Steelers have become sort of a receiver factory. And my question with Martavis Bryant is how much nonsense are they going to put up with before he just slides down the depth chart? Um, I have no doubt. Antonio Brown, as much as it pains me to say it, is one of the top three or four receivers in all of football and really has outperformed his skill set. I mean, he's just an amazing competitor. You know, he's just quick enough, just fast enough, smart enough, heady enough. Um, I mean, he's a great ball player. So that's your established one. And sort of coming behind him at the two, you know, that Mike Wallace was an inspired pick. And when he left, I think a lot of folks looked at it and were like, man, we're, you know, Steelers are kind of limited, but they've just – rolled these guys out there, man, and they keep doing their thing. So Martavis Bryant might be that guy, but I would say if he's not, one of those other cats is going to slide up the depth chart and the Steelers will be just fine at receiver. Trent, who I else agree. you got? I think the guy that has a, a great opportunity as a rookie uh, going with uh, Mariota is Corey Davis. I mean, he could slide right in there as the number one. I don't think there's a clear-cut number one in Tennessee. He's going to command a lot of uh, attention. And, you know, it's a really good opportunity for him to show that he was worth that pick and, and become a number one wide receiver for Tennessee. Well, coming out, the, the question I have with Davis is coming from a small school program, how ready he's going to be to step in from day one. I mean – you know, level of competition is obviously going to be an adjustment. Corey Davis, when you look at the measurables, um, has all the tools. And then you turn on tape and you're like, yeah, it translates. But you have to look and say, well, you know, the level of competition, how long is that adjustment period going to be? I love that pick over the course of the next couple of years. Whether or not he comes in and, you know, comes out of the gate as a, as a, uh, 
a legit number one receiver in the yeah. NFL, I think is the question I have. Any other surprises you got for folks out there, B? Uh, I would just say Minnesota Vikings, what were they most well-known for over the last in terms of their offense? Adrian Peterson. Running the ball, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think Latavius Murray is going to keep that job from Dalvin Cook? Man, I, no, I don't. Latavius Murray was part of that, you know, rise of the Oakland offense that was – I mean, they came from nowhere on the shoulders of David Carr. Latavius Murray is one of those angry-type runners, you know, but he's very upright. And when you look at it, aside from uh, Marshawn Lynch, how many running backs have had success in one city – moved to a second team and had legitimate success after that in the last 10 years. It just doesn't seem to happen very often. Maybe Marshawn Lynch, maybe, from Buffalo. Well, that's, what I, that's what I said. Oh, okay. Apart so from Marshawn from... Lynch, oh, but I'm, I'm glad you're paying attention. <laughs> sorry. I missed it. Sorry about that. And, and frankly, Marshawn Lynch wasn't very good when he was in Buffalo. He was okay. His he, first year, then they crowded the line on yeah. But my and 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 I don't know what it is. The same the same used to hold true for receivers. Receivers have kind of transcended that a little bit. But the shelf life on these running backs is is so short. Um, I, I don't know. Mike Zimmer up there in Minnesota is going to run the ball. That's the bottom line. He's not going to let that offense make mistakes and put his defense into into a bad position. So somebody's going to get a lot of carries. Whether it's you know if it's if it's Latavius Murray. In fantasy, take him early because somebody's going to carry the ball. They're going to run the ball 45 times a game some weeks. That Mike Zimmer's just not going to let him go out there, air it out, and turn the ball over. He wants that defense to win ball games for him. So that's my feelings on it. We'll continue the show. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. Head on over to SoundCloud, From the Cheap Seats, and check out the second hour. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkins. You might not love your seats, but you'll love the show. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, 
up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. My name is Bobby. I am a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. And now, from the Cheap Seats with Chris Lambert and Brandon Atkins. All right, welcome back to the Cheap Seats, everybody. I'm Chris Lambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols, and we're joined today by Jeff Towson, resident stealer, aficionado. We bid adieu to our WDCC listeners. If you followed us over to the podcast, we appreciate it. Um, create an account and follow us on that if you would. You can check us out on Facebook at From the Cheap Seats, Twitter at From the Cheap Seats. Follow me at Chris underscore DeLambert. You can find Trent Nichols at Tree, T R E underscore Nichols out on Twitter. Dodgeball coming up October 14th. Jeff, you didn't make it to the first time round. I need to know that you've got a squad together for October 14th. I think I might be able to round up some barrel, some barrel folks. All right. That's cool. We can do that. That's cool. October 14th, we'll have the, uh, this is the Brick City Dodgeball Classic 2017 2.0. We weren't planning on doing a second one, but we had so much fun the first time. We've got to do it again. Um, Should we just put it on this time and not participate? Because it seemed unfair to a lot of the other participants. Well, you know what's funny is that I've gotten a lot of blowback. I don't know if Jeff knows, but we won. Our team, oh. we played with the guys from Race Construction, and we won the thing. Not only did we win it, we went through we undefeated. dominated. <laughs> we really did. And I've had people, well, it was, it was rigged. Rigged? Dude, you guys were there. You watched it. We were just awesome. What yep. are you talking about? Or raised construction was awesome. Yeah, those kids were something else, man. Yeah, I, I, I think I had the distinction, Jeff, you don't know this because you weren't over there that, that day. I never went out. I never got knocked out. I just Brandon and I just sort of hovered on the back line. We had me and you and Ray and there were th- or Drew, and there were three kids that Ray's construction brought in that were the ringers of all ringers. And these kids just did their thing. And we just sat on the back line waiting to catch balls that, that got past them. And uh, a lot of times I wouldn't even throw a ball. I just tossed one. I was going to say, you're, you're kind of a big guy, too. You know, you must be pretty nimble. He feet. is. I'm all, I, yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. And I'm down about, you know, 35 pounds. But I'm all svelte. So, yeah. Jeff, these trophies are like these awesome mug trophies. 
They're mm-hmm. beautiful. If Chris and I come over to the smoking barrel, can we actually drink out of those just to show our dominance of that event, or is that something that's not is allowed? that frowned upon? I encourage that. Uh, okay, <laughs> well, there we go. Yeah, yeah there's the, there's the, the fist bump doesn't translate to radio, but oh, it's on. What about Buffalo Wild Wings? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Now the Buffalo Wild Wings team did come out in full regalia, man. They came out in costume, in costume, in uniform, and uh, they were probably the best dressed of the teams. But we've got, we're going to add some bells and whistles to uh, to this this event this time round. Uh, one of the things I'm most excited about, we're going to put walk up music for each one of the teams, so we'll have a track playing. I think Tony Chilton's going to come out and MC the event for us and oh, announce nice. all the teams. It'll be cool. But every nickel we raise goes to Alzheimer's research. Thrivent Financial and the rest of our sponsors take care of all the bills, um, the Jonesboro Rotary Club. So every nickel literally goes straight into the uh, CART fund, the uh, Coins for Alzheimer's Research Trust. And all of that money, without any overhead cost, goes directly into grant programs that make its way to uh, Alzheimer's researchers around the world. So we're going to do that. October 14th, check our Facebook page. The event's up. We're hoping to turn out 40 teams for this. Uh, Chris Corciani Jr., mm-hmm. you're familiar. Yeah, Chris Corciani was one of my favorite basketball players. And his son now is uh, is is at State doing his thing. Awesome. Um, they also have a radio show that they're, they're partners with us on the uh, WBLZ Sports Network, uh, Good Clean Sports. And uh, their guest list is unbelievable. Um, not quite as good as ours because we roll out Jeff and Don and and Dave and Jones Angel and the rest of that. But uh, no, they Jay Billis has been on their show. Um, oh, awesome. They had Dom, Tom Gugliotto on there the other Googs. day. Yeah. Uh, Googs. Cool. He's like and one of my favorites. Great interview. We've got to try to get him on the show. <clears throat> Excuse me. Great interview. He had me cracking up. The dude's really funny. Well, Googs went on and had an awesome pro career, but people sleep on how good Chris Corsiani was in college. Oh, yeah, for college. sure. I think he leads uh, – he's third all-time in assists. I think – He's I in the I top right. ten. I don't know if he's still third, but Corsiani had a great, great career and was sort of the NC State equivalent of Bobby Hurley. Uh, Corciani was a great player, and now he's a, a mortgage agent up in uh, Raleigh. We'll have to see if we can get some sponsor dollars out oh, of him. Yeah. What do you think? But Chris Jr., um, is going to try to make it down to the t- to the uh, tournament. That'll be fun, and uh, we're going to see if we can pull some other folks in. Maybe Jones Angel will come out. And Let's play see, some dodgeball. What do you think? Trent, do you know who uh, drafted Corciani? I do not. The Celtics. <laughs> the Celtics. You got the Celtics later. Before you got to know that, son. Sorry. Rodney yeah. Monroe went to the Hawks. All right, I'm done flexing on y'all. Vinny Del Negro. Spurs. Was, yeah. Spurs. And he was the, you know, that was that tandem. Del Negro and Corciani was a, a formidable backcourt. Um, those were in some of the, that was one of the, I don't know, it wasn't the glory days, but that was at the tail end of the, the um, yeah. Jim Valvano era. Yeah, I was stuck in Big Ten country up then. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean I didn't to put you on attention. the spot. But I knew you had the Celtics, so yeah. I thought you might have. Brandon. Yes, sir. Did you see the number that was released relative to James Harden's contract? Yes. Four years, $228 million. Is that what you get for disappearing in the playoffs in the NBA now? Is that how that works? I guess. I can't really think of any superstar 
who has been able to get away with what he did in this year's playoffs and get a paycheck like that. I think it says something about the league. If the money, I guess, I said this off air, if the money's got to be spent, I guess, you know, if, you know, when they um, went through the agreement, the, I guess the, the trade agreement or whatever that the Players Association did, if the money's got to go somewhere, I guess it goes to Harden, but it just seems like, why why this guy? Why is he getting paid that much money? Would you agree that he's a top ten player? Harden? Harden, Hands yes. Down. Maybe even top five or six? Mm, Fringe? Probably not. Maybe. No other sport can you win as much as you can or have as much of a difference from season to season based on one player than the NBA. You mm-hmm. have to have a superstar. Well, and that's the I, that's what's been created. And I'm tired. I'm sick to death of people talking about, you know, Kevin Durant has broken the NBA. We've had this conversation. You said you weren't going to talk about the Warriors. Well, team. I'm not. But my point is, is that, yes, I think at the beginning of the conversation for the NBA moving into next season, you have Cleveland and Golden State. But – I think that to say that it's a given that those teams are going to walk to the finals is incorrect. Let me. So, so my question is: is other than those two teams that I'm not, whose names I'm not going to say again, who is it that has a legitimate shot to push and get to the NBA finals? And we were talking about James Harden and his Rockets. When you take Chris Paul. And you add him to the mix. Is there anybody that says, well, Houston may be that team out there? Well, I do. I mean, that's it. I think to get to the Western Conference Finals, maybe even get to the finals, there is only one reason. And that's the $228 million on James Harden. I mean, it's either pay him or lose him and look what he did for the Rockets. I mean, then they go out because you have to have not just a one, you have to have that big three almost. So right now they have Chris Paul. They have James Harden. Um, They're now in discussions to get Carmelo Anthony. And honestly, if they get Carmelo Anthony, I think they have a legit shot to get to at least the Western Conference Finals. Because Carmelo Anthony, on a horrible year, averaged 22 points a game with Harden's 11 assists and Paul's 9 dishing him the ball. All Carmelo does is score. And then they go out to China and get probably the best player since Yao Ming in this uh, Zhao, pardon the name, Q. He's 7-1, whatever his name is. You know, he's 7-1 and they're listed him. (laughs) He's 7-1 and he's listed as a power forward. I mean. Here's what what I say about Houston. You, You have Harden there. You bring in Chris Paul. Man, they gave up a lot. Mm-hmm. to get Chris Paul. I'm not 100% certain that I don't like Houston better with Beverly and Lou Williams there. That's my first question. Houston, though, if you add Carmelo and have that legit big three, now Houston becomes part of the, the conversation because I think the most the, the two least important positions on, the, on an NBA squad right now are at power forward and center. If you've got Chris Paul at the at the point, James Harden at shooting guard, mm-hmm. and Carmelo at small forward, you can really, as long as you've got some guys that are out there that are willing defenders and are grab you some rebounds, 
you can score with anybody. Well, and that seems to be how Houston has addressed this arms race, is we're just going to put together a squad that can outscore you. Well, Mike D'Antonio, I mean, he doesn't care about defense. They're going to go out there and try to score 200 points a game. Well, and it's going to be interesting to see how Chris Paul, in particular, adjusts to this style of play. Because Mark D'Antoni made his mark in the NBA with Phoenix, back with those Steve Nash teams, yeah. just running and gunning. You know, almost Paul Westhead-ish, you know, from when he was the coach at, Lamoille, at Loyola Marymount. You know, and, and Mike D'Antoni made Amari Stoudemire a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And Sean Marion a lot of money because they just ran and put up these huge numbers of points. That's what's going to happen in Houston. Now, the other piece of this, too, with D'Antoni is D'Antoni coached Carmelo in New York, mm-hmm. and it didn't go well. Yeah. So Carmelo's got to be willing. He's on record and said, I'm willing to go one of two places and waive my no-trade clause. Cleveland can't get him in under the cap without giving up love. So if Houston gets Carmelo, then I'll be willing to jump in and have this conversation with you. If they don't, and it's just Chris Paul and and, and uh, James Harden against the world, I think they've got a little too little firepower. Yeah. Well, even if they do, they're not going to win the NBA championship. <laughs> That's what the problem I have with Harden's contract is that you're doing it just to make him happy to have an you know entertaining you know product on the floor. But Melo, Paul, and Harden zero defense there. I don't know, maybe Paul a little bit, but he's like 32 years old. You're not building a team for a championship. But, Brandon, in 86, like you said last year, last week, did you think that Houston was going to win the championship in 86 with the Celtics and the Lakers? No. So you, you still don't know. If they load up with Anthony and they have Paul and Harden, I think it gives them a heck of a better shot than with, like you said, with just the two. I like it. And the other thing, too, is you're talking about, well, they're not you know, they're not going to play enough defense to get past Golden State, which is really what's inferred there. Or other teams okay. in the West. Well, I'm willing to respect Trent's opinion on this one. Obviously, you're not because that's the kind of guy you are. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. 
All right, welcome back, everybody. Talking about some NBA, looking ahead to 2017-2018. And, uh, Trent, you feel like out west Houston may be that uh, – I don't know if it's fair to call them a sleeper, but that may be that team that can push and uh, and make a run. And I don't disagree. And there's still work to be done because if they can deal for Carmelo, that is a legitimate game changer. You know, then you have a, top, a, a big three that really, you know – they have to figure out how to put in some pieces around, but mm-hmm. they'll definitely be able to score some points. Vegas has got the over under for the Houston Rockets win total in 2017 2018 at 56.5. You going to take the over or the under? I'm going to take the over. Jeff? I'll take the over. All right. Brandon? I'll take the over. All right. And I'll take the over as well. Now, I guess the next question is, is if they are Carmelo, how high does that over-under slide up? Any ideas, Brandon? What would you expect? If they had Carmelo, they really don't have any, um, you know, this year assets left to give away. So it's going to be picks or, you know, guys at the bottom of the roster and they'll play with the money. But assuming they give up Carmelo and don't get any worse anyplace else, where does that 56-and-a-half go to with Vegas? Uh, you may get up into low 60s maybe. It may, it may be a handful of games. It's not – they're still going to play kind of the same way. Like Harden does a lot of isolation. They're not going to stop that. <clears throat> well, they'll clean out the lane and Harden just does his thing or he steps back and hits a three or comes around a pick. I'm more interested in seeing how he and Paul interact because – there, you, you got two guys that want the ball all the time. I don't. I don't know. They're going to have to. And get then you're going to add Mello. <laughs> <laughs> so two guys that don't play a whole lot of defense and want the ball all the time, and you add a third one. It could be an interesting implosion. And if you think back, this Rockets team is good. Well, the one that they destroyed, that was you know a game away from playing in the in the Western Conference Finals. They gutted that team. Think back, this whole super team thing. The Rockets did this just a few years ago. They brought Harden in. They brought Howard in. You know, Dwight Howard came in. Chandler Parsons was there. This was the super team before super teams were their thing, and it went nowhere fast. Uh, Dwight Howard ended up being the one sort of carrying that burden as the guy that you know couldn't be happy. But that Rockets team just wasn't very good. So we'll see how it shakes out. Looking at these Vegas lines, what I'd like to do, guys, is kind of go through every team and, and real quickly get your opinion on how Vegas has got it. One of the ones, and we'll do it alphabetically, one of the ones that surprised me most is Atlanta. Vegas has got them at 36.5. I don't know how Atlanta's got enough talent left with Millsap leaving. Tim Hardaway... Junior has left now as well on a ridiculous contract to the Knicks. I don't know where Atlanta's got enough firepower. It's basically Dennis Schroeder against the world. I'm taking the under on that 36.5, and and that's a strong under. How about you, B? Right now, the the Hawks are just boring, you know, so I'll go under, strong under on that. Eastern Conference, over. Oh, looky there. All right. And Trent? Yeah, 36, maybe, but I'll have to go under. Okay. Atlanta has gone from sugar to doo-doo really fast. I mean, think about it. Three or four years ago, Atlanta was a team that was sort of stacked. Mm -hmm. And they had Horford and Millsap, and uh, there's nothing left. 
I, I just don't get what's going on in Atlanta. I don't know what the, what they're trying to do there. Um, of course, they had the opportunity to match that Tim Hardaway Jr. contract. My favorite stat over the weekend, Tim Hardaway Jr. going back to the Knicks, who they gave away essentially, on a four-year $71 million contract. $71 million bucks for this guy. His daddy made $41 million <laughs> in his entire career. I know. I saw that stat. It really, it's really it's amazing. I mean, and you think about inflation. Inflation is one thing, but the, the economics of the NBA are just unbelievable. Boston doesn't have a published line, and Vegas is holding out until the Gordon Hayward deal is, is settled and they can figure out what this Boston roster looked like because Boston's still in the midst of, of trying to figure out how to fit Gordon Hayward under the cap. Uh, Boston is probably the logical pick as the number two in the East right now. I love Jason Tatum, and we talked a little bit earlier about the Vegas Summer League for the NBA. Have you watched much of that, Bray? Yes, I have, and I've watched a lot of Jason Tatum. I don't know if it's just been timing, but he is the real deal. Yes. This guy can create his shot. He's got that that kind of mid-range post-up fadeaway that's virtually unstoppable. It's this almost the same shot that Jordan developed in late in his career, but he can like take you off the dribble. He could pro- actually run the point if he wanted to. I think he's around 6'8", so he's a big guy. He can mix it up, get to the rim. But that he, to be a rookie and already have that fadeaway post-up move is just absolutely incredible. He looked like a – and it is summer league, right? So let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. But I'm just thinking with that kind of shot, you can actually do that in the NBA and be success, you know be successful. Well, it's funny that you say that about Jason Tatum being 6'8", because my son and I, who was a, a basketball guy, were having this conversation last night, and I was talking about summer league stuff and, and what I'd seen, and, and he was talking about what he'd seen. And the conversation came around to Tatum, and he, he saw a little bit of the Lakers-Celtics game the other day and said, man, Tatum is nice, but, you know, they've – shooting guard they've kind of got settled and I was like Tatum is almost 6'9 he's going to play small forward he can even play the four and he was like I didn't even realize Yeah, watching him on the floor I thought the guy was 6'3 he's not but he's got that kind of handles that kind of athleticism Jason Tatum to me has been the best player I've seen in the summer league and to go backwards on that I've seen Markel Fultz play a little bit now Fultz will not be a difference maker in the NBA next year. I just don't think he's ready. Um, we'll talk about the Sixers a little bit. Vegas hasn't published an over-under. What do you suspect hey, the just number real quick, looks like for, for, for the Celtics? Just real quick, What's they that? came back on Fultz's ankle, and it's minor. So it's not a big deal. Somebody, Some might say that it's a it was a Fultz alarm. Oh, my God. But um what were we saying? <laughs> what do you expect the over/under to be on Boston? Uh, probably. If you and I were to open a sports book, I would say Jeff made a really good point. Them being in the East, maybe a little over six sixty, a little over sixty. So we'll call it sixty and a half. Yeah, Jeff, you concur. I'm going to say sixty. All right, sixty. I'm going to say for Boston, I'm going to say sixty-five and a half. Trent. 
What do you think about Boston coming up this year? I was I was right there, 64 and a half. I mean, you got Isaiah Thomas, you know, bringing that 28.9 points a game. They added Gordon Hayward, who had a lights-out year with the 21, you know, adding him to Horford. I think now they finally have somebody when Isaiah's not on the, uh, the court with Tatum that can score or will learn to score because I don't think he's going to be a starter right away, but he'll be great coming in off the bench. Uh, I love the move with bringing in Marcus Morris, who is a, uh, a lockdown uh, defender. I mean, he could have been playing in that Washington series after the other one got hurt, you know, coming in as his <laughs> twin brother. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and then they just got uh, Baines for cheap, one year, $4.3 million, who right now would be their leading rebounder per game. So, I mean, 64 games, I definitely think they're shooting for that two seed. Heck, they may be the one seed again. And uh, once LeBron shuffles off to L.A., I think they're the team to beat. Well, I'm not sure that Boston's not the team to beat this year. I think we, we talk, we obviously are fans of Jason Tatum. I think Jason Tatum is a legitimate difference maker as a, as a rookie. Gordon Hayward is going to get his. Uh, I think they will miss Avery Bradley coming off the bench. Great defender. And, and it's funny because even though I say a great defender, still might be a little overrated as a defender. Mm-hmm. But here's the here's what I'm concerned about with Boston. And we'll know pretty quickly what's going on. Isaiah Thomas moves into a contract year. Isaiah Thomas has not gotten that big contract yet. He obviously, coming into this contract year, wants one of those James Harden Supermax deals. Probably not going to happen. But... The chance for him to go out there and make $25 million on the open markets out there. The question is, is coming off a 28-point-per-game season here, his stock is as high – it's higher than it's ever been. I mean, he was an afterthought. He was a nice player out in Phoenix, came to Boston, wasn't supposed to be the guy that drove the train. Now he's become a marginal superstar in the NBA in some people's eyes. So were he available as a free agent right now, even though he's 5'7", somebody would have given him that huge chunk of cheddar. Is he going to be willing on a night-in, night-out basis to be a distributor of the basketball first after having tasted what happens when you put up 28 points a night? I think that they are going to... I mean, and I said it before that I don't think they really want to build their offense. I don't think they expected to build it around Isaiah Thomas. But I think right now, while they still have him, and I don't know if he'll still be there at the start of the season, they still may trade him. You never know what they have going on in the works. But they have the offense set to, to be around Thomas where he can be that scorer. But I think the biggest thing for me is Brad Stevens had nothing They didn't have talent, but Isaiah Thomas, and at the time, he wasn't anybody. And he got them to be, in a pretty short time, two or three years, the number one seed. Now they're getting pieces, a Horford, a Hayward. They're using their draft picks. I mean, what is Brad going to be able to do with this team, even if the offense is built around Isaiah Thomas, and how far can he take them? Well, Isaiah Thomas only averaged 5.9 assists last year. But now he's got people to pass, too. One thing about the East, and it's not my idea. I heard it. All right, we'll finish that thought on the other side. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkins. You might not love your seats, but you'll love the show. 
When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Now, from the Cheap Seats with Chris Lambert and Brandon Atkins. All right, welcome back to the Cheap Seats, everybody. I'm Chris Lambert. We're plowing through the Vegas postings for over-unders on NBA win totals for the 2017-2018 season. And uh, that brings us to the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets, 21 and a half. Ain't no way, no way. I don't. I can't even tell. I can't tell you three players that play for the Nets at this point. And I'm an NBA fan. The Nets are a, a dumpster fire. They got 99 problems in the playoffs. Playoffs aren't one. <laughs> <laughs> Brooklyn, you taking the under here? Under 21 and a half. Ugh. Under. And and think about it. we're we're adamant that they can't get to 21. That means 61 losses. God, they're horrible. The Charlotte Hornets. Vegas is off on this one, man. 40 and a half, Trent. 
I, I the East is not that strong. Mm-hmm. Forty and a half. I'm taking the over. You got me here. I am definitely taking the over. Jeff, you a Hornets fan? I can't say that I am. Really? No. Who's your NBA team? I am not a big NBA guy, so I generally pick who is a fun team to watch every year. So we're All talking right. Warriors, Rockets. So he's one of know, these. One of those guys. One of these Dubs fans. Yeah. The dumbest nickname I've ever heard of. <laughs> the Dubs. Go ahead, Brandon. What do you got with Charlotte? I got him over. I think after the draft, they've made some really awesome moves. Like, so there's this kid named Kobe Bryant that hasn't done anything in the league yet. They trade him straight up. For a grizzled veteran, Vladi <laughs> Divots. Jeez. Straight up. You gotta be kidding me. That still stings. <laughs> but, um, no, listen, we were talking about off air Dwight Howard. He's he's a pain in the rear. Nobody wants him. We got a, what, a 6'11 center. He can be a rim protector. Maybe we need that in the East Conference. But why? I threw like this. Why not? You know, we're Charlotte. Charles Barkley calls it the most boring big city in America. <laughs> it's hard. You know, I was thinking about that the other day, too. Like, we have the Carolina Hurricanes here in Raleigh. The hockey team, these players are well-known pretty much all over, particularly up north. They love it here because they don't, you know, in street clothes, Nobody knows who they are. They love that type of thing. NBA players are a different animal. And in some NFL, but NBA in particular, they like the nightlife. They like to get out. They like to be seen and recognized. To get a Dwight Howard, I feel it gives us, you know, it gives a little, me a little sexy. Yeah, a little sexy. I can, get, I can dig that. And Kimball Walker is is on the he's on the outside looking in, but he's on the cusp. He's he's sort of knocking on that door to get into that elite group of point guards in the NBA. And that's sort of we were talking about Fultz before the before the break, Markel Fultz. I'm looking at it, and, I, and I'm looking at the athleticism. I'm looking at the instincts and sort of how that translates in the summer league games. And I'm like, man, he's a nice little ball player, but he won't be one of the best 15 or 20 point guards in the NBA. So how good is that really? I mean, and it and it's a guy like Kemba Walker. You look at that, and maybe that's a good measuring stick. You know, Kemba Walker, Mike Conley. Mike Conley, when he came out of Ohio State, came out after his freshman year, just like Markel Fultz, and did nothing mm-hmm. for two or three years. Couldn't get off the bench. And now has transformed and become one of the better point guards in basketball. That's where I'm afraid Markel Fultz is going to wind up, unless they have to play him because they don't have anything else on the bench. I, I just don't see it with Fultz. I don't see that he can take the basketball, run an NBA offense, and get you offense and do all that stuff. I don't see it. So I see Charlotte too, just kind of stuck in this play uh, in this space, particularly in the the weak East, where they'll be just good enough to be you know top seven, six in the East, make the playoffs, never get a high drive pick, and just kind of be stuck in this purgatory. You know, I guess the good news is that the East is weak. Maybe um, and this this kid uh, Dwayne Bacon, Florida State, he's really played well in summer league. So maybe we'll get some surprises. I guess I'm just trying to keep my fingers crossed um, on these guys because they're not getting a high draft pick anytime soon. I don't think. And that's what you've got on the Charlotte Hornets. But I think they got lucky. You just with talked the about the Charlotte there. Hornets for five minutes without mentioning Malik Monk. Yeah, that's the what I was steal say. of the draft. How did that happen? Because that's the obvious thing to talk about, and he's a streaky shooter. Like. 
I, th- I look at Malik Monk. Look, we played Kentucky twice this year. He lit us up the first time when it didn't matter. We lit him up, essentially, in the NCAA tournament. He comes and goes. That, to me, is not a star. Kimball Walker's more of a star than Malik Monk will ever be. Get back to me in about three years. Okay. We'll see what we think about that. All right, so the Charlotte Hornets, I've got the over. This is a strong over. I think Charlotte wins 50 games this year. Vegas has got 40 and a half. What you got? Yeah, I say over. Yeah. I'll go over. Over and five seed. Oh, five seed. I like that. And I, I think I agree. You say five seed. Who's your who's your top four? Uh, Boston, Cleveland, uh, Miami. Miami? Yeah, watch. The Wizards? The oh, Wizards yeah, got to be Washington. In the, the Bullets. So you've got – I want to make sure. I'm going to give you a chance Miami's to – Miami's going to sneak into the four. Miami sneaks into the four. Yep. And you're Jeff, out of your mind. Jeff, when you're in this room, you call them the Bullets. The bullets. Yeah, there are the Bullets. That's just yes. the rule. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, the Wizards is a dumb name, so we just refuse to uh, acknowledge. All right, the Chicago Bulls. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Jordan and Pippen cry a little bit. Jimmy Butler's gone. That core that they had built around Derrick Rose with Noah and Gibson and the rest of these guys is gone. And Chicago comes in with maybe more question marks than any team in the NBA. 29 and a half Vegas has got for them. And I'm, I think that's sort of right on the money. Um, 29 and a half, I'm going to go under. What I'm going to go team? under. I think they will lose more games than Brooklyn. So you think Chicago's a legitimate contender for the number one pick? I think Brooklyn and Chicago will be battling it out all year for the number one pick. Is this going to be a we can't win a game or we choose not to and we go the new tank route? They will uh, realize very quickly that they can't win a game and And turn it into tank. All right. Jeff? Well, I've gone over for every single East team, so somebody has to lose games, so I'm going to under. All right, so under 29.5, B.A. Yeah, under. They're awful. And, you know, Hoiberg's called the show before. He's a crybaby. <laughs> That's so true. So now he's got a reason to cry because they're going <laughs> to suck. I can dig it. All right, Cleveland, we're not going to do any analysis here. 54.5 is the over-under. I take the over. 54.5, B? Yeah. I go over. Trent. Over barely. All right. The Mavericks, who are in the middle of a rebuild, and for the first time in what seems like forever, haven't made a splash in the offseason. The Mavericks out there just signed Dirk Nowitzki, and good for Dirk. You see Dirk, you saw his extension, didn't you? Mm-mm. Ah, two years, $10 million. Take, making five million bucks a year. You know, he figures he's made his cheese. Sure. Uh, he's trying to assist with the rebuild. Wants to stick around, and he will continue to break records every year that he's around. So good for him. Well, and if he wants to, he'll he can have a front office job. I mean, sure. I think Cuban loves them, so I think they're tight. They're they're boys. They sit in the locker room playing PS3 together. Yep. PS4. I don't know what that is. All right. So the Mavericks this year, thirty four and a half. They've got some youth out there. The West is stacked. I'm going to go under on thirty four and a half. Jeff. I go under. Uh, they're battling the Spurs. They're battling the Rockets. The Warriors too strong. Too strong. Under. Under and Brandon. Under. Under. So it's unanimous. We take the we take Dallas the under on thirty four and a half. Denver Nuggets forty two and a half. That's almost like a cop out over under. 
where you just kind of take half or close to it. Denver, I don't know, man. Paul Millsap added to that. They lost Gallinari. I'm going to go under on the Nuggets. I, somebody's got to go under. The West is so strong, i got to go under. Trent. They won 40 last year. I'm going to take the over. You're taking the over. Yeah, Even with all the additions games. made out there out West. 43 games. All right. Also, oh, so a narrow over. Yes. All right. Jeff, you want to weigh in? Yeah, I think it's a coin flip like you say, but I'll go under. Okay. Now I'm going to go back and listen to this show on the potty, and I'm going to I'm going to like put a, a chart up on the wall <laughs> so we can see who knows what they're talking about. You mean the podcast, right? Yeah. That's what I meant. The oh, potty. Okay. The potty. <laughs> I'm going to listen to it while I'm on the potty, and that may be all this show's good for by the time it's all said and done. The Detroit Pistons, 40 and a half. That seems a little high to me. Seems a little high, although I do like the pickup of uh, Avery Bradley. Yeah, Celtics should have never let him go. He he was really scrappy. but uh, <laughs> And you like those scrappy fellas. Again, I guess it's going to come to the East, the West. East is weak. I feel like they're probably at least hit that number, same number last year. Okay. Golden State. Well, first of all, Trent, what you got on got Pistons? Forty and a half. Under. Under. Jeff. Pistons. Um, <coughs> the Steelers are really strong. So <laughs> Beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. All right. This is this is this is one of those money over unders right here. Golden State. Sixty seven and a half. If they go up over sixty seven and get to sixty eight, then you're talking about one of those all time great seasons. Over or under? Brandon, I'll start with you. I'm going to say under. Okay. I think they could go over if, oh, they, they, absolutely. Really wanted to, if they really wanted to. Yeah. But I think that they are after championships, and I think they're going to rest when they need to rest. With Durant, he had his injury scare. I think they're going to play it safe and make a run in the playoffs. What you I, got, Trent? I disagree. I think they're going to go for the record. They're going to win the most games in NBA history. Wow. Absolutely. I wow. Don't think. That's... I, think, I think they're pissed off at everyone, and they're not only going to win the championship, they're going to just destroy the regular season. That's a bold statement. I'm going to be interested to see which way it goes. However, I'm going to go with the under, only because at this point, they are not just the NBA champs. They're being, you know, they're a, they're a dynasty in the making. And I think they're going to have to get everybody's best shot. And everybody's going to be coming for them. But with those teams loading up out west, I think it'll be interesting. And you got to figure they've had pretty good luck with injuries thus far during the regular season. You know, Durant missed a little bit of time, but there may be a health issue. I'm going to go under on Golden State at 67 and a half. We already talked about the Rockets real quickly before we get into the break. Indiana, the Pacers at 30 and a half. I'm taking way over. You had sort of a, an out-of-the-blue uh, four seed. I'm taking Indiana as my five seed in the East, and I'm not sure I don't like that team better now than I did with Paul George. <laughs> Indiana, 30-and-a-half. I'm going way over. I think Oladipo is going to blow up. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, 
get money for college and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong and then there's Army strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back to the final 15 minutes of From the Cheap Seats. We appreciate you hanging out with us. I'm Chris DeLambert. Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols, as always, and Jeff Towson. You have made it almost through the entire show. There's a uh, We have an embroidered patch for you to put on your motorcycle vest. All right. Sons of Anarchy style. So uh, get with our secretary on the way out. She'll hook you up with that. Um we're going to plow through the last of these over-unders. We got a little bit behind. But as we went into the break, I told you Indiana's my pick for the for the uh, five seed in the uh, east. I really like Oladipo. I think Sabonis is a, is a player that will develop over time. And you take Sabonis and Miles Turner and put them in the post together, I'm not sure that's not the best front court in the NBA. That's my take. Over-under on Indiana, 30 and a half. Over. I'm going over. They win 30, so under. Wow, you're hating on the Pacers. The L.A. Clippers, who maybe transformed their team as much as anybody in the NBA. Chris Paul is out. In is Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, and Gallinari. I like what they've done. I think they should have found a way to keep Jamal Crawford, but I like the Clippers. Vegas has them at 41-and-a-half. I'm going over. Over. I'm going under. Under. You think Chris Paul will be missed that badly? He will. Under. You circle. You circle your wagons around Griffin. Come on, man. Not I don't know, happen. man. I, I would take. I would take the production of the combination of Patrick Beverly and Lou Williams. Patrick Beverly in Houston showed what a team guy he is, being willing to give up the point to Harden. Beverly's a point guard, and he's a good point guard. I will never question Jerry West, but it's not looking good for the next couple of years, especially out west. Well, the one thing they have is Blake Griffin, for better or for worse, locked up long term. Awesome. Well, we'll see. <laughs> you know, down low fadeaways. The LA Lakers get 32 and a half. There is no way in this world they win 30 ball games. I'm going way under. Yeah, under. Yeah, way under. They don't have it. Under. I'm not even sure they don't tank 
and try to get back up into the top of the lottery anyway. Well, they're giving up their pick, aren't they? Yeah, I think Boston owns their pick. Boston has <laughs> everybody's pick. Yeah, they Boston do. Boston owns, so I guess it wouldn't make any sense to take. Brooklyn's in <laughs> LA. Yeah, an hour 48 minutes or so in, I made my first real gaffe of the day. But the Lakers, there's no way they win, the, no way they win 32, uh, 32 games. There's, it ain't going to happen. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, Grizzlies, 41 and a half. Um, I hate it because I have a soft spot for the Grizzlies. I, I just don't see it. And Z-Dog leaving and going to Sacramento, man, that's the, the end of an era. Mm. Uh, Memphis actually announced they're going to retire his number, and I think it's fitting. Wow. Um, Zach Randolph, there hadn't been a great deal of team success. People outside that immediate market don't – Zach Randolph's not a household name. But he has been the heart and soul of that team for forever. And he can ball. Yeah. In his style of game, he can ball as he gets older in age. That's yeah. why he's a really good fit for the Kings. He's like the old man at the at the Y who's just a little bit bigger and is playing with the high school kids, and they're like, that's garbage. How do you do that? And he's like, look, at scoreboard, kid. That's right, scoreboard. So you think Sacramento – yeah, is on to something, and I think Zach Randolph to Sacramento is an inspired addition. Well, look at what they've done. I'll try to keep this quick because I know we're limited on time. But Zach Randolph is a veteran. He's going to be able to help a lot of this young talent that they've gotten. Look at what they've also done with Frank Mason the third. He's coming in playing, probably going to take that job over from Ty Lawson, another veteran handing the reins off to a point guard. And you have De'Aaron, you know, De'Aaron Fox, obviously, who's already shining in the summer league. William Collie Stein, my man, half man, half amazing, Vince Carter's in Insanity. the house. I mean, Justin Jackson, I mean, even Buddy Healed. Buddy Healed, who nobody talks about anymore, is a good player. Um, Buddy Healed hit more three pointers as a rookie than Clay Thompson did. Here's the here's the deal. If Harry Giles Gets better fast. This team's going to be challenging the West Coast. It depends all on him about what he does moving forward. Wow. You're talking about a player that played for Duke, had Jason Tatum on his team, not a lot of opportunity for him, but a 6'10 guy that can absolutely fill it up when he's healthy. So just be watching for that. All right. Miami, the Heat at 42.5. I'm taking the under. Trent, I know you've got him as your four seed out in the East. So you're over. Is that correct? Over. Jeff? I've got to go under. All right. I'm, you're a smart man. And Brandon, 42.5 on the Heat. Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> they, oh, the I'm not Jeff. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, under. All right. The Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks are at 42.5. The Bucks will win 60 ball games this year. You've been big on them, haven't you? Uh, the Bucks. You take that Bucks team with another with, with Thon Maker will be an impact player this year. He started to come on at the end of the season. Antetokounmpo is the second best player in the East behind LeBron, and I think the only other guy you can make a case for is Kyrie. Kyrie. You got Malcolm Brogdon this year's Rookie of the Year. Greg Favors is out there, and you've got um, or excuse me, Greg Monroe. Now you've got Jabari Parker coming back. And like you said, Harry Giles, things hinging on him out in Sacramento. Jabari Parker is that type guy now. Two major knee surgeries. But Parker was having a breakout year last year before he got hurt. If he comes back and adds to that, Chris Middleton in the rotation. Milwaukee is going to destroy things out in the East. 
And I would not be surprised if Milwaukee plays in the conference championship. So you're saying if they win 60 games, if this was last year, they would have won the East by seven games. I'm okay with that. I mean, I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to win 60 games. I'm on the record. Two or three years, we're going to be talking about Sacramento and Milwaukee like we do Golden State going, where did they come from? Well, the difference is, is that Milwaukee is winning the draft. Yeah. And that's what Golden State did. We hear about Kevin they Durant signed, draft. Kevin Durant signed, and they ignored the fact that Curry, Thompson, Green were all drafted and you know weren't at the top of the board. You have to hit the draft. Milwaukee's done that. Now Minnesota, the next team on our list at 46 and a half. Minnesota's another team. Minnesota is on the come. And when they added Jimmy Butler, the knock was, well, Jimmy Butler can't shoot. Okay, so then they went and added Jeff Teague and got Rubio out of there. You've got Jeff Teague going to start at the point. You put him out there with Jimmy Butler, Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, and now they've added Todd Gibson. You've got Georgie Ding coming off the bench. They add Jamal Crawford into the mix. That team goes seven deep as, de- as good as almost anybody out there. I love Minnesota, and I'm going way over on their 46 and a half. I'm with you. I'm, I'm with it. Yep. Much improved. I agree. Absolutely. All right. So I sold you guys. The New Orleans Pelicans, 41 and a half. They've got the best big man in basketball and maybe the second biggest Batman in basketball, and they won't get to 41 and a half. I say under. Their name's the Pelicans, under. At, we, need, we need to call them something else. We'll work on that. Not only the conference, but their division is too strong going under. Gotcha. They'll go under, and Anthony Davis will be in Boston. The Knicks, Vegas says 34-and-a-half. I don't know what alternate universe they're going to win 35, 35 ball games in. I'm going under on the Knicks at 34-and-a-half. Under. Way under. Under. Are they the worst team in basketball? Them in Brooklyn. They're they're Chris Stapp's Porzingis away from being the worst team in basketball. Yeah. I'll say that. Oklahoma City, 48-and-a-half. This one's tough. I'm going to go a little bit over on OKC at 48-and-a-half. I'll go over. I like them. I'm going over. Yeah, over. Orlando Magic, 36 and a half. I don't know how they can pull that off. I'm taking the under. Brandon? Under. 20 wins. 20 wins. Woof. I think 36, so under. 36 under. The 76ers, Vegas, and everybody else is in love with these guys. Has them at 40 and a half. No, they don't sniff that. 40 and a half for the Sixers. They're counting on all this youth. I can't begin to see them get into that number. I'm going to say 30 wins for the for the Sixers and people scratching their heads about how that team's going to gel. Embiid will be hurt again. Simmons, who knows what we've got there. And I told you, I don't think Fultz is ready. Sarich put up good numbers at the end of last season, but it was only because Embiid was on the bench. I, I just don't love what the Sixers have got going on. I'm taking the under at 40 and a half. Dr. J would, wouldn't even give them the over under. <laughs> Not feeling them. They're not a 12, better 12 game. No, under. Okay. They're not going to win 12 more. Phoenix Suns at 25 and a half. I know that's low. I'm going to go under on them as well. Under. I'll go over. You go over that's for Phoenix. Number. That's Jeff Towson over and Trent. Under. All right. Portland, 40 and a half. I have to say, Zach Collins and, and uh, Caleb Swanigan. Two big guys on the come. You put that with a great backcourt with McCullum and, and uh, Damian Lillard, who's one of the best 10 players in the NBA. Uh, I like what Portland's got there, and obviously a tough conference, 
but I like them. 40 and a half. I'm going to surprise myself a little bit, and I'm going to take the over on Portland. 40 and a half. Damian Lillard does not get as much run as he no, should. Sir. He's mm-hmm. nasty over. Mm. Love the city of Portland. I'm going over. over. All right. Over. Ooh, all over. of us over. We're, we're bullish on, uh, on Portland. Sacramento, 31 and a half. I'm going to go over. I'm gonna, I agree with you, Brandon. I think they did a lot of things in the offseason. They've got a lot of kids. De'Aaron Fox is my, my pick to be the best rookie out west. And I think Z-Dog and, and that experience brings a lot to the table. 31 and a half, what do you got? And Zach Collins. I like Caleb I mean, Swanigan. I told – excuse me. Go ahead. Anyway, over. All right. I'm going 42 wins, over. Over and in in the playoffs. All right. San Antonio, 55 and a half. I'm going to go over on that. 55 and a half for San Antonio, who signed Rudy Gay. Great signing. But they'll I think go, San Antonio is going to pull the break a little bit in the regular season. They'll go over because they're the Spurs. Popovich, over. Under. Under. Toronto Raptors, 50 and a half. No. I think bringing Kyle Lowry back, I think they should have done a sign-and-trade and had a chance to sell high on Kyle Lowry. Um, I am surprised they brought Serge Ibaka back, but I'm going to take the under on 50-and-a-half on the Raptors. Under. Uh, under. Under. And the Wizards, 47-and-a-half. I'm going Bullets. Over. over. Bullets. Bullets. <laughs> the Washington Bullets. Thanks for hanging out. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkins. You might not love your seats, but you'll love the show. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today.